Hi everyone and welcome to the Theme Park Loopy podcast, bringing you theme park news and views across the UK and around the world. So today we're going to talk a little bit about Disneyland Paris and what we loved and hated about Disneyland Paris when we visited Disneyland Paris at Christmas. So if you're thinking about visiting Disneyland Paris at Christmas, hopefully this might provide you with some helpful information and help you with you planning your trip, hopefully for next Christmas. We're your hosts. I'm Mrs. Towels, Shelley Towels. And I'm Mr. Towels, I'm Ryan Towels. So welcome to the show and let's get on with it. So what I would say that I loved the most, so my probably my number one love about visiting Disneyland Paris at Christmas is probably the atmosphere and the decorations and the parades and just generally having that Disney Christmas vibe. I think it was really, really good. Um, when we went to Florida, we uh, visited uh, around Christmas time as well, didn't we? But actually, um, I felt that especially Disneyland Park was uh, a much better experience all around for Christmas. So I don't know what you think about that, if it compares to Florida or not. Oh, I suppose it's difficult because Florida's much busy. Well, when we went to Florida, it was much busier. And the uh, the other time I've been to Florida, so I've been to Florida twice and both times it's been busier than when we went to Paris. But we went to Paris quite early on in the in December. So it was before all the schools had broken up in the UK, before the French schools had broken up. So it was still quiet for Disney. I mean, Disney's never quiet, quiet, but it's quiet for Disney. Um, so I think that, that helps a lot with the atmosphere in Paris. Um, yeah. And the weather. It's always weird being in a hot country with Christmas when you come from somewhere like the UK, like we do, where we used to... Our winter's generally been wet and cold. Yeah, so so when we when we went to Florida at Christmas last, um, it was actually the hottest December ever on record. So we were looking at weather up to 40 degrees some days, so it was really, really hot. So, yeah, it doesn't really give you that kind of Christmassy atmosphere if you're also sweltering in the sun as well. So, yeah, I'd say... The, the the weather does really play a factor as well because it is Christmassy and it's cold and, you know, you want it to be, you know, a little bit like that, don't you? But you don't want it to be too cold. But, you know, at Christmas, you, you don't want it to feel like you're in the middle of summer, really, do you? I suppose if that's what you're used to, if that's where you live in Florida, then you're quite happy with it. But it, do, it is nice having that coldness to it. Um, also, the decorations. I think the decorations are as good as Florida's. I wouldn't say the decorations were better than Florida's. I'd say the decorations in Paris are as good as Florida. I'd say that um, in Paris, I think I noticed the decorations more. And I don't know if it's because I think in Florida, Main Street feels bigger. It feels wider. Um, And I don't know if it's because of that that I actually noticed the decorations a bit more. Yeah, maybe. But yeah, the atmosphere, the atmosphere is definitely good in, in Disneyland Paris. It's, 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 it's as you would expect from Disney. From when you see all the hype and the adverts, you do get that feel. Um, there are some things that hinder that slightly, and we'll go into that when we start looking at the, the things that we didn't like. Um, but I think if you go in early December when we went and you stood in that Christmas market outside Ratatouille with a... a, a mug of mulled wine and you've got all the music around you and the hustle and bustle and it just you feel so nice and cozy it feels like christmas yeah i think that really added to the atmosphere actually in for the last couple of years now in the uh the, the french area it's a bit weird having a french area in france but 
there is basically there's a French area in Walt Disney Studios, and that's where the Ratatouille ride is. And lately, they've had these uh, place these little uh, kiosks that you can go to. Some have mulled wine. They have sort of meats and cheeses. They've got champagne. And they're all decorated and they're all Christmassy and, and they really add to the atmosphere as well. So if you kind of want to feel a bit more Christmassy, it's always good to go and get a mulled wine and stand around in the French area. I think that really adds to it and it really gives it a kind of French Christmassy kind of feel in it. It's kind of a bonus that you are actually in France as well. So, you know, it's not too bad. But then the music that the player helps build the ambience and the, the parades as well. So even if you don't watch the parade and you hear it coming down... The, the background music pumping around really gets you feeling proper Christmassy. Yeah, I mean, the Christmas parade at Disneyland Paris, that's a really, really good parade. I think it must be the catchiest music of any parade anywhere, I think, because you just can't help getting into that Christmas, really kind of uplifted sort of kind of feeling when you're watching that parade. And it's it's a really, it's a really good parade, really well choreographed and... You know, you can tell they've been doing it now for a number of years, um, but it's a really special parade. And if you do go at Christmas, you need to make sure you you, you don't miss that parade because I'm telling you, it's probably what it must be one of the best parades that Disney put on in any parks, and certainly must be one of the best parades that you'll see in any theme park around Christmas time. So definitely make sure you don't miss that. And you get to see the big man. Yeah, and also you get to see Santa as well. Uh, so that's an added bonus as well. So you get to see Mickey Mouse, and then later on you see you see Goofy and you see Buzz and you see uh, Woody, don't you? And and a few a few other people. You see Jesse as well, don't you? Yeah. You... Yeah. So so you see quite a, quite a few on that parade. So it's pretty good. Um, if you check out on our on our YouTube page, we've actually got some video from that parade. So if you want to check that out, then check that out on our YouTube page. So I think one of the things that I love most about Disneyland Paris, um, and this is probably quite double-edged really, but it's one of the things that sticks out for me and it's probably one of the most Instagrammable things you'll see, and that's the food. Um, Disneyland Paris has got so much better at this now now that it's been taken off by Disney and Disney seem to be throwing a lot of money into there, is they're mm. getting those those quintessential Disney-themed snacks. Yeah, that was one thing that in, in Florida at Disney World they did so much better because you see like the Disney food blog, they've always got new snacks coming up like almost every day, but Disneyland Paris are kind of catching on with the trend now, aren't they, with the different snacks that you can get. Yeah, and as I said, this was quite double-edged for me because I liked... Some of the so some of the stuff that we had there, for example, were um there was the, the gingerbread trees, they were really nice. Um the crepes were really nice, not that they were themed, but then in there was the hot chocolate that was um I can't remember. Oh, it was the Mickey Mouse and Minnie Mouse, weren't then there were yeah. one were orange and one were berry. Be- berry, yeah. <laughs> it was mixed mixed berry, but we're not sure what berry could no, it was been. it was it was red berries. It was red berry, yeah, yeah. So that could be raspberries or strawberries or cranberries. We we don't know. But that for me was too artificial in flavour, and that let me down because these snacks are not cheap. Um, yeah, the I theme think park it were, prices. How much weight it was? Um, so I think it was about 
for over f- about four euros, I it think. It was much more than that. It was six six euros something, I'm sure it for was. For the hot chocolate, yeah, it yeah. could have been. Yeah. One thing to look out for uh, when you get snacks in the park as well is that they have different prices in different locations. So, like we said, I think I think it was around about five or six euros, maybe, how much we played, paid for a hot chocolate. But if you went to Cafe Fantasia, which is inside the Disney Hotel... I think I think that was they were charging around about nine euros. I think in there. Yeah, they were charging more, but it did come in a proper glass. Um, you are served by a proper waiter or waitress, wait staff, um, person that they're giving you it. Um, and you have got you're paying for the ambience because Cafe Fantasia, if you've never been in, um, is definitely worth a visit, especially if you need a break from the park when everything's getting a bit too much. If you just it's a good place to just take a breather. Yeah, and all, um, all the cocktails. <laughs> the cocktails help. Um, I'd put those in the snacks. I did thoroughly enjoy the cocktails. Um, some of the cocktails were definitely better than others. Um, yeah, expensive as well. Like the, the premium cocktails, you, you, you pay nearly 20, 20 euros, aren't you, per cocktail? But again, it depends where you go to get them. So if you go to the sports bar in Disney Village, they had some cocktails, but the cocktails were cheaper there. Um, saying in Annette's Diner, they had one of the cocktail, a couple of the cocktails, and they were cheaper in there than they were in Cafe Fantasia. So it depends where you go to get them. Um, yeah, yeah. So it, I guess the message is it, it's worth shopping around. If if you're not bothered, if you just want to try the snack, just try and find the cheapest place where you can buy it, which will normally be a kiosk where you sit outside. But if you want to go and sit inside and you want to try the snack, you are going to pay more. So just bear that in mind. The prices are different, uh, even though you can get the same stuff either in the hotels or around the parks themselves. Yeah, and it would... Some of the savoury snacks were quite nice as well. They started. They seem to be bringing more of them in. So, um, we had that Lion King, croque monsieur, um, well for for those not in the know, that's a cheese and toaster. Yeah, um, it was just yeah, it was just basically <laughs> a smushed uh a piece of bread that was a circle, and had a a Simba a picture of Simba on top of it, and it was just kind of cheese and ham inside, and it was quite nice, but. That were quite expensive for what it was. Cause I'm sure it was something like seven euros or something like that, um, which is quite a lot for a small croc, Monsieur. But move, moving on to something that I didn't love, and I would say the one of the biggest things I didn't love, and this is unique to as far as I'm aware, this is unique to Disneyland Paris, and that's the Line Bertie app. So for anyone that's not aware, if you go to visit a character in Disneyland Paris, you've got two different types of character meet and greets. You've got one which is a standard queue um, and that's where you, you, you well, I suppose technically there's three. So you've got your standard queue of people that are out on the streets um, and the areas with a line and there's usually a, a camera person there to take the pictures, the, the photo pass people. Um, as you'd see in any Disney park, you just queue up. Then you've got your ones where, um, like your, your Princess Pavilion and Mickey Mouse where you actually go into a building um, and you can book slots for them if you've got um, a green pass or other disability needs, yeah. you can book into those. And I, d- I don't think you can get... You can't get fast passes into the character meets, can you? Only no. for the rides, which is different because at Disney World, 
he can actually get a fast pass plus for some of the more popular characters, can't you? So that's maybe something they might want to think about at Disneyland Paris. But then again, the crowds are always so big to see Mickey Mouse or to see the princesses. I don't know if there's much advantage to having a fast pass anyway, to be honest. No, and then the other Disney meet and greet is the Lime Bertie one. So these are Lime Bertie is an app um, that you've got to have. And one of the things that really annoys me about Lime Bertie is to find out about this, you've either got to be in one of the many Facebook groups where someone will tell you, watch a YouTube video where someone will tell you, or if you look on the park guides in very small writing, it mentions the Lime Bertie app, or you've got to speak to a cast member. Now, the way it works is that you get a time slot of when you can go in to book to to get to actually book a slot to meet them and then you get a ticket number and you go then when your ticket number gets called you can then go into the queue to meet the character so yeah. that i found absolutely frustrating because for for some of the characters you they open at different times as soon as you get onto the app, say, for example, we were there, what, like 10 o'clock and the, they were gone by one minute past 10, the, the slots to meet certain characters? Well, it, yeah, well, it's, it's trickier than that. So the park opened at 10 a.m. when we were there, but actually you had to be logged on and ready for 9.45 to actually get the ticket to see one of the characters. So a lot of people assumed that it would open with the park, but it doesn't. It opens before... And you have to just keep refreshing. If you don't refresh it and you're on it just before 9.45, it'll just keep you stuck there and you won't get anything. So you have to just keep refreshing it and keep refreshing it. And then eventually um, you will hopefully get someone if you just keep refreshing it all the time. But literally by 9.46, all the slots had gone for the morning. So you have to be on there so quick. Otherwise, you're not going to get to see a character that morning. And then you've got to get in on the afternoon, but you have exactly the same problem. I'm not entirely sure when the slots open in the afternoon. So you need to make sure you have a word with a cast member because it depends when the park opens and it can change. So speak to a cast member and be sure when Limebertie reopens and then just get on there and just keep refreshing it over and over again. And if you don't do that, then chances are you're not going to get to see a character. It does tell you on the Limebertie app, though, right, when the slots open up. Um, if you look in the information, it tells you what time the afternoon ones are, and it does say, I think yeah. it's lunchtime, if I remember rightly. You can't book a slot unless you're in the park. You've got to be in the park for it to be open and for you to get the characters as well. If you're in Disney Village, you won't be able to book a Lime Bertie slot. I think, we manage, I think I have heard that it will work if you stood just outside the Disneyland Paris Hotel and I think it worked for us when we were just outside the gates of Walt Disney Studios. It did come on. Um, but yeah, it, you, ideally you need to be in the park. If you're not, then you do risk not being able to connect properly uh, and get that character. So you can't be sat in the Earl of Sandwich or something like that. It, it doesn't seem to work if you're that far in the Disney Village. And the most heartbreaking thing was when you stood in those queues, because the app's not well publicized you get people coming up wanting to meet these characters and the majority of the people that go have children and you see these children wanting to meet their favorite characters and getting turned away because their parents weren't aware that the app existed yeah. and there's no way of booking <laughs> yeah. onto it while getting there 
it doesn't matter whether you've got a disability pass or anything like that it's just no and there's nothing the cast members can do they just apologize and tell you about the app and then parents are frantically having to then click which then means it goes and you've just gone round in circles yeah and i think we felt a little bit guilty as uh, as childless millennials um and we're stood in the queue waiting to see olaf um, and then you see some children <laughs> really wanting to see Olaf. You kind of think, oh, I wish I could just give him my spot, but I don't think you can. Um, but yeah, so so if you have children, you know, make sure that you've got Lion Bertie and that you get in. I mean, to be honest, if you do get in early enough and you keep refreshing it, you have got a really good chance of seeing a character. But you have to be really on it and make sure you, you get in there on time. Because the will go and the go so quickly, and even even when we were there, and the parks weren't even that busy. Um, you still had a challenge to get on there onto Lime Bertie. So yeah, and your characters change depending on your season. So at Christmas when we were there, it was good. You got there were Jack Skellington in his Christmas outfit, um, and and they had Stitch Stitch in Christmas uh, regalia as well. Yeah, and then the other, I'm trying to remember who the other meet and greet was that we went to see. Oh, Olaf, like you said. Olaf, yeah. Um, he's already Christmassy, I suppose. He's a snowman. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if Olaf is there in general or just there at Christmas, actually. Um, but there was definitely, because uh, Frozen 2 had just come out, I think there was a lot of interest uh, in Olaf. So, so yes, yeah, so that was pretty good. Well, just before we move on, and just because you've mentioned Olaf, I'm going to sneak in there another cheeky love. Um, and it's probably one of the more underrated loves of Disneyland Paris. And this isn't just at Christmas. This is a Disneyland Paris all year round love. Um, and that was the animation class, the the, the learning to draw. Yeah, that was um, good. That was really good. Um, I definitely recommend that for anyone that's getting a bit frazzled and a bit tired and wants to do something a bit slower paced. Yeah, and we were really lucky because they, they do different characters all day and, and they run the classes, I think, every 15 to 20 minutes. And uh, just before our class, I think it was... Um, I think they did Stitch, didn't they? The one before us. Yeah. Which we weren't too bothered about doing Stitch, but then for hours they did Mickey Mouse. So we were really lucky that we got Mickey Mouse because probably, probably Mickey Mouse only probably comes up every hour or so i'd imagine because they go through all the different characters one top tip for the animation class though is that when you're doing your drawing you're actually copying it from a big piece of paper at the front because one of the cast members are actually drawing it on this probably a zero piece of paper so if you do ask nicely either at the beginning or at the end of the class you may actually be able to get that big piece of paper because they give it away at the end, don't they? Yeah. Um, sometimes uh, they, they ask you to... They put numbers, don't they, on, on your piece of paper. Yeah. And you turn it over and, and sometimes you're the winner. Um, but apart from that, if you ask them nicely before the class, you may actually be able to get one of the big drawings. So um, I'll, I'll talk about one of my hates now uh, at Disneyland Paris at Christmas uh, and probably at Disneyland Paris at any time, actually is that when you go to watch one of the shows, you always get people either putting kids onto their shoulders, even though even if they stood right at the front, so you can't see over them. Um, or even more annoyingly, at the nighttime shows, people getting out their cameras to, to, well, their camera phones to actually film 
the uh, the show on the castle. And then even more annoyingly, the people who then for some reason put on the light on the front of their phone. <laughs> so so you, it's everything's dark and they turn on the lights off and, and now it's time for Disney Illuminations. And then <laughs> you have a, a, a group of people stood behind you putting uh, artificial lights on the phones and just shining it into people's faces. And, and it's like, why are you doing this? Why don't you just watch it? Why are you trying to record it on your phone? And even worse, why are you trying to record it on your phone with the flash on? Because it's just going to come out horrendously bad. So why are you doing it? Disney does seem to bring out some of the worst in people. Um, I mean, you hear stories of people getting their prams stolen, which you kind of think, what kind of sick person goes and steals somebody's pushchair? You hear stories of um, people pushing in front of each other, um, one of the biggest pet people pet hates I have in Disneyland Paris is smoking. Now I'm an ex-smoker and I know what it's like. I've I've been there of wanting to to have fag after you've had something to eat. Um, but you're in a theme park full of kids. It's just not appropriate. And there are smoking areas, but people don't seem to use them. They seem to walk around with a cigarette in the hand and just puffing smoke down Main Street, yeah, doesn't it? I have noticed people going more now to the designated smoking areas. And what's different to Disneyland Paris is that they still have designated smoking areas in the park itself. But you will still see people walking around smoking in the park every now and then. But even worse, you will still see people vaping quite a lot. I think some people don't think that vaping counts and that they don't have to go to the designated smoking area. Um, so yeah, that is quite annoying, especially when you get like someone's vape all in your face. Uh, I don't enjoy that. I see. I don't mind vaping because a lot of people that do vape have a nice flavour, um, like a cherry thing or some sort of fruit yeah, thing. But... I don't <laughs> mind a gush of of some sort of orangey puff of smoke coming towards me. I I much rather have that than some dirty cigarette smoke with all the tar and the tobacco blowing in my face. So, yeah, I don't mind the vaping. You get like a, a whiff of cherry every now and then. Yeah, I don't mind that. <laughs> I, I, I quite like that. That's fine. Yeah. It, it's it's the old-fashioned cigarettes that uh, some people, especially in Europe, Europe's still quite prominent for, for smoking at the moment still. It's got a lot less, but it's still there. Um, yeah, especially in France. I mean, in, in the UK, I think... In the UK parks, I very rarely see people smoking uh, now, to be honest, in, in the parks. Uh, but in France, it's still quite a big thing to smoke. But it's not as bad as it used to be. I mean, I think Disneyland Paris has a bit of a reputation for people just wandering around smoking aimlessly. I think these days, it's more people walking between rides and trying to smoke you know, really quickly, probably have just a five-second puff on the cigarette or something. I don't think people are doing it that blatantly. So, shall we try and summarise our loves and hates of Disneyland Paris for Christmas? So, I, I would say loves, we love the atmosphere and we love the Disney aspect of it and we love that warm, fuzzy feeling that you get inside. Yeah. Um, hates... Well, I'd I'd say I'd say it's like for any Disney Disney park. I'd say some of the people are infuriating, um, and that that goes for people smoking, putting kids onto the shoulders, 
um, putting the phones in front in front of the faces and stuff like that. So I'd say that's probably one of our biggest pet hates, I'd say. I don't um, think that's a Disney issue. I think that's a general issue with life is that some people in life are just awful people. <laughs> yeah, but I think I think the problem is is that Disney um, have quite a unique way of doing their shows. So they have that centerpiece, they have the castle, which not a lot of parks have that centerpiece. And so I think we kind of notice it more. It just becomes a thing where people think, oh, yeah, I'll put my kids onto my shoulders and so on. And because you're kind of packed in around that hub area, you know, waiting for illuminations to come on, um, it's kind of difficult to get away from it. Um, However, uh, probably one of our biggest tips, uh, probably, I mean, we'll talk, could talk about this in another podcast, is that if you are going to watch the show... Uh, illuminations you're going to watch the the show that's on the castle then stand right in front of where there's a barrier so there's there's quite a few spaces like garden spaces where there's like a a metal barrier and if you stand just there in front of that barrier that means someone can't stand right in front of you yeah so you'll have a lump of grass in front of you but you'll get a perfect shot of the castle um you just got to watch for people standing out the side so yeah just just to wrap that up because i can see you're clearly angry about the people that have <laughs> wronged you in the past well yeah but yeah i mean but in summary as well I, I see i still see it that people people do talk a lot about disneyland paris and they talk about certain things about disneyland paris being not very friendly not being very disney and they always say oh disney world is so much better and yeah disney world is bigger the weather's better most of the time uh, there's more parks and so on but really you know Disneyland Paris it, it has such a um, it's got its own charm yeah it's got such a charm about it which I didn't always get in Florida I think when we went to um went to when we went to the Magic Kingdom I think because I don't know what it is but Main Street feels it feels wider and, and bigger and I, I don't know, it just it just doesn't quite have that charm that it does at Disneyland Paris. I don't know how to explain it, but, you know, it just seems to have that extra charm. So, you know, don't listen to all the naysayers who say, oh, it, it's not a patch on Disney World or, or you know, wherever. Um, it is really a great place to go. And yeah, okay, it doesn't always have all the characters, it doesn't always have all the shows and the things going on, but it is a really great place to go. Um, and if you want to get your, you know, hit of Disney um, and you just want to go for a few days and obviously if you're in the UK, it's just either a train ride or you can just hop on a plane over there. And if you don't stay on site, you can actually stay quite cheaply as well. So it can be, you know, reasonably affordable few days to get that Disney magic if you really need to get that. Okay, so that wraps up the podcast today. Um, you can also find us on YouTube, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Instagram. <laughs> yeah, everywhere. Um, also, if you don't know, we also do manage um, a Disneyland Paris um, Facebook page, which is called Disneyland Paris Planning for Brits. Uh, and if you go on there, you can uh, just like the page. And what we try and do is keep that up to date with news and events and our opinion on what's going on. Um, and also when we do do a future trip to Disneyland Paris, which probably isn't going to be this year as it stands, uh, we will obviously be sharing lots of content on there, lots of our pictures and things like that. So make sure you're on there 
as well. So thanks for joining us. Uh, let us know if you found this podcast entertaining or helpful in any way. We've both still got colds at the moment, so you might hear me spluttering and breathing heavily, but I can't help that, I'm afraid. And the dog wants to go out, so you're going to have to wrap this yeah, up. Yeah, <laughs> and the dog wants to go outside, so we're going to have to wrap this up anyway. Um, also, if you want to get in touch with us, uh, we do have an um, email address, and that's themeparkloopy at gmail.com. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you again real soon. Thank you.